Question 17, Part 2 of Summa Theologica, Pars Prima Segundae, On the Last End and on Human Acts. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Anne Boulay. Summa Theologica, Pars Prima Segundae, On the Last End and on Human Acts by St. Thomas Aquinas, translated by the Fathers of the English Dominican Province. Question 17 of the Acts Commanded by the Will in Nine Articles, Part 2. Fifth Article, Part 1 of the Second Part, Question 17, Article 5, Whether the Act of the Will is Commanded? Objection 1. It would seem that the Act of the Will is not commanded, for Augustine says, Confessions 8, 9. The mind commands the mind to will, and yet it does not. But to will is the act of the will, therefore the act of the will is not commanded. Objection 2. Further, to receive a command belongs to one who can understand the command, but the will cannot understand the command, for the will differs from the intellect, to which it belongs to understand. Therefore the act of the will is not commanded. Objection 3. Further, if one act of the will is commanded, for the same reason all are commanded. But if all the acts of the will are commanded, we must needs proceed to infinity, because the act of the will precedes the act of reason commanding, as stated above, Article 1. For if that act of the will be also commanded, this command will be preceded by another act of the reason, and so on to infinity but to proceed to infinity is not possible. Therefore the act of the will is not commanded. On the contrary, whatever is in our power is subject to our command, but the acts of the will, most of all, are in our power, since all our acts are said to be in our power, in so far as they are voluntary. Therefore the acts of the will are commanded by us. I answer that, as stated above, Article 1, command is nothing else than the act of the reason directing, with a certain motion, something to act. Now it is evident that the reason can direct the act of the will, for just as it can judge it to be good to will something, so it can direct by commanding man to will. From this it is evident that an act of the will can be commanded. Reply Objection 1. As Augustine says, Confessions 8, 9. When the mind commands itself perfectly to will, then already it wills. But that sometimes it commands and wills not, is due to the fact that it commands imperfectly. Now imperfect command arises from the fact that the reason is moved by opposite motives to command or not to command. Wherefore it fluctuates between the two and fails to command perfectly. Reply Objection 2 just as each of the members of the body works not for itself alone, but for the whole body. Thus it is for the whole body that the eye sees. So it is with the powers of the soul, for the intellect understands, not for itself alone, but for all the powers. And the will wills not only for itself, but for all the powers too. Wherefore man, in so far as he is endowed with intellect and will, commands the act of the will for himself. Reply Objection 3. Since command is an act of reason, that act is commanded which is subject to reason. 
now the first act of the will is not due to the direction of the reason but to the instigation of nature or of a higher cause as stated above question nine article four therefore there is no need to proceed to infinity sixth article part one of the second part question seventeen article six whether the act of the reason is commanded objection one it would seem that the act of the reason cannot be commanded for it seems impossible for a thing to command itself but it is the reason that commands as stated above article one therefore the act of the reason is not commanded objection to further that which is essential is different from that which is by participation but the power whose act is commanded by reason is rational by participation as stated in ethics one thirteen therefore the act of that power which is essentially rational is not commanded objection three further that act is commanded which is in our power but to know and judge the truth which is the act of reason is not always in our power therefore the act of the reason cannot be commanded on the contrary that which we do of our free will can be done by our command but the acts of the reason are accomplished through the free will for damascene says on the orthodox faith two twenty two that by his free will man inquires considers judges approves therefore the acts of the reason can be commanded i answer that since the reason reacts on itself just as it directs the acts of other powers so it can direct its own act consequently its act can be commanded but we must take note that the act of the reason may be considered in two ways first as to the exercise of the act and considered thus the act of the reason can always be commanded as when one is told to be attentive and to use one's reason secondly as to the object in respect of which two acts of the reason have to be noticed one is the act whereby it apprehends the truth about something this act is not in our power because it happens in virtue of a natural or supernatural light consequently in this respect the act of the reason is not in our power and cannot be commanded the other act of the reason is that whereby it assents to what it apprehends if therefore that which the reason apprehends is such that it naturally assents thereto for example the first principles it is not in our power to assent or dissent to the like assent follows naturally and consequently properly speaking is not subject to our command but some things which are apprehended do not convince the intellect to such an extent as not to leave it free to assent or dissent or at least suspend its assent or dissent on account of some cause or other and in such things assent or dissent is in our power and is subject to our command reply objection one reason commands itself just as the will moves itself as stated above question nine article three that is to say in so far as each power reacts on its own acts and from one thing tends to another reply objection to on account of the diversity of objects subject to the act of the reason nothing prevents the reason from participating in itself thus the knowledge of principles is participated in the knowledge of the conclusions the reply to the third object is evident from what has been said
Seventh article. Part one of the second part. Question 17, article seven. Whether the act of the sensitive appetite is commanded? Objection one. It would seem that the act of the sensitive appetite is not commanded, for the apostle says, Romans chapter 7, verse 15, For I do not do that good which I will. And a gloss explains this by saying that man lusts, although he wills not to lust. But to lust is an act of the sensitive appetite. Therefore the act of the sensitive appetite is not subject to our command. Objection to Further, corporeal matter obeys God alone, to the effect of formal transmutation, as was shown in the first part. Question 65, Article 4. Question 91, Article 2. Question 110, Article 2. But the act of the sensitive appetite is occupied by a formal transmutation of the body, consisting in heat or cold. Therefore the act of the sensitive appetite is not subject to man's command. Objection 3. Further, the proper motive principle of the sensitive appetite is something apprehended by sense or imagination. But it is not always in our power to apprehend something by sense or imagination. Therefore the act of the sensitive appetite is not subject to our command. On the contrary, Gregory of Nyssa, Nemesius, on the human nature, 16, says, that which obeys reason is twofold, the concupiscible and the erasable, which belong to the sensitive appetite. Therefore the act of the sensitive appetite is subject to the command of reason. I answer that. An act is subject to our command, in so far as it is in our power, as stated above, Article 5. Consequently, in order to understand in what manner the act of the sensitive appetite is subject to the command of reason, we must consider in what manner it is in our power. Now it must be observed that the sensitive appetite differs from the intellective appetite, which is called the will, in the fact that the sensitive appetite is a power of a corporeal organ, whereas the will is not. Again, every act of a power that uses a corporeal organ depends not only on a power of the soul, but also on the disposition of that corporeal organ, Thus the act of vision depends on the power of sight, and on the condition of the eye, which condition is a help or hindrance to that act. Consequently the act of the sensitive appetite depends not only on the appetite of power, but also on the disposition of the body. Now whatever part of the power of the soul takes in the act follows apprehension, and the apprehension of the imagination, being a particular apprehension, is regulated by the apprehension of reason, which is universal. Just as a particular active power is regulated by a universal active power. Consequently, in this respect, the act of the sensitive appetite is subject to the command of reason. On the other hand, condition or disposition of the body is not subject to the command of reason. And consequently, in this respect, the movement of the sensitive appetite is hindered from being wholly subject to the command of reason. Moreover, it happens sometimes that the movement of the sensitive appetite is aroused suddenly in consequence of an apprehension of the imagination of sense, and then such movement occurs without the command of reason, although reason could have prevented it, had it foreseen. Hence the philosopher says, Politics 1, 2 that the reason governs the erasable and concupiscible, 
not by a despotic supremacy which is that of a master over his slave but by a politic and royal supremacy whereby the free are governed who are not wholly subject to command reply objection one that man lusts although he wills not to lust is due to a disposition of the body whereby the sensitive appetite is hindered from perfect compliance with the command of reason hence the apostle adds romans chapter seven verse fifteen i see another law in my members fighting against the law of my mind this may also happen through a sudden movement of concupiscence as stated above reply objection to the condition of the body stands in a twofold relation to the act of the sensitive appetite first as preceding it thus a man may be disposed in one way or another in respect of his body to this or that passion secondly as consequent to it thus a man becomes heated through anger now the condition that precedes is not subject to the command of reason since it is due either to nature or to some previous movement which cannot cease at once but the condition that is consequent follows the command of reason since it results from the local movement of the heart which has various movements according to the various acts of the sensitive appetite reply objection three since the external sensible is necessary for the apprehension of the senses it is not in our power to apprehend anything by the senses unless the sensible be present which presence of the sensible is not always in our power for it is then that man can use his senses if he will so to do unless there be some obstacle on the part of the organ on the other hand the apprehension of the imagination is subject to the ordering of reason in proportion to the strength or weakness of the imaginative power for that man is unable to imagine the things that reason considers is either because they cannot be imagined such as incorporeal things or because of the weakness of the imaginative power due to some organic indisposition eighth article part one of the second part question seventeen article eight whether the act of the vegetal soul is commanded objection one it would seem that the acts of the vegetal soul are subject to the command of reason for the sensitive powers are of a higher rank than the vegetal powers but the powers of the sensitive soul are subject to the command of reason much more therefore are the powers of the vegetal soul objection to further man is called a little world aristotle physics eight two because the soul is in the body as god is in the world but god is in the world in such a way that everything in the world obeys his command therefore all that is in man even the powers of the vegetal soul obey the command of reason objection three further praise and blame are awarded only to such acts as are subject to the command of reason but in the acts of the nutritive and genitive power there is room for praise and blame virtue and vice as in the case of gluttony and lust and their contrary virtues therefore the acts of these powers are subject to the command of reason on the contrary gregory of nyssa nemesius on human nature twenty two says that the nutritive and genitive power is one over which the reason has no control i answer that some acts proceed from the natural appetite others from the animal 
or from the intellectual appetite, for every agent desires an end in some way. Now the natural appetite does not follow from some apprehension, as do the animal and the intellectual appetite. But the reason commands by way of apprehensive power. Wherefore those acts that proceed from the intellective or animal appetite can be commanded by reason, but not those acts that proceed from the natural appetite. And such are the acts of the vegetal soul. Wherefore Gregory of Nyssa, Nemesius, on the human nature, 22, says, that generation and nutrition belong to what are called natural powers. Consequently, the acts of the vegetal soul are not subject to the command of reason. Reply Objection 1. The more immaterial an act is, the more noble it is, and the more it is subject to the command of reason. Hence the very fact that the acts of the vegetal soul do not obey reason shows that they are ranked lowest. Reply Objection 2. The comparison holds in a certain respect, because, to wit, as God moves the world, so the soul moves the body. But it does not hold in every respect, for the soul did not create the body out of nothing, as God created the world, for which reason the world is wholly subject to his command. Reply Objection 3. Virtue and vice, praise and blame, do not affect the acts themselves of the nutritive and genitive power, for example, digestion and formation of the human body. But they affect the acts of the sensitive part, that are ordained to the acts of generation and nutrition. For example, the desire for pleasure in the act of taking food, or in the act of generation, and the right or wrong use thereof. Ninth article, part one of the second part, question 17, article 9. Whether the acts of the external members are commanded? Objection 1. It would seem that the members of the body do not obey reason as to their acts. For it is evident that the members of the body are more distant from the reason than the powers of the vegetal soul. But the powers of the vegetal soul do not obey reason, as stated above, article 8. Therefore much less do the members of the body obey. Objection 2. Further, the heart is the principle of animal movement, but the movement of the heart is not subject to the command of reason. For Gregory of Nyssa, Demesius, on human nature 22, says that the pulse is not controlled by reason. Therefore the movement of the bodily members is not subject to the command of reason. Objection 3. Further, Augustine says, on the city of God, 14, 16, that the movement of the genital members is sometimes inopportune and not desired, sometimes when sought it fails, and whereas the heart is warm with desire, the body remains cold. Therefore the movements of the members are not obedient to reason. On the contrary, Augustine says, Confessions 8, 9, the mind commands the movement of the hand, and so ready is the hand to obey, that scarcely can one discern obedience from command. I answer that. The members of the body are organs of the soul's powers. Consequently, according as the powers of the soul stand in respect of obedience to reason, so do the members of the body stand in respect thereof. Since then the sensitive powers are subject to the command of reason, whereas the natural powers are not. Therefore all movements of members that are moved by the sensitive powers are subject to the command of reason, whereas those movements of members 
that arise from the natural powers are not subject to the command of reason. Reply Objection 1. The members do not move themselves, but are moved through the powers of the soul, of which powers, some are in closer contact with the reason than are the powers of the vegetal soul. Reply Objection 2. In things pertaining to intellect and will, that which is according to nature stands first, whence all other things are derived. Thus from the knowledge of principles, that are naturally known, is derived knowledge of the conclusions. And from volition of the end naturally desired, is derived the choice of the means. So also in bodily movements, the principle is according to nature. Now the principle of bodily movements begins with the movement of the heart. Consequently, the movement of the heart is according to nature, and not according to the will. For like a proper accident, it results from life, which follows from the union of soul and body. Thus the movement of heavy and light things results from their substantial form, for which reason they are said to be moved by their generator, as the philosopher states, Physics 8, 4. Wherefore this movement is called vital, for which reason Gregory of Nyssa, Nemesius, on human nature, 22, says that, just as the movement of generation and nutrition does not obey reason, so neither does the pulse, which is a vital movement. By the pulse he means the movement of the heart, which is indicated by the pulse veins. Reply Objection 3. As Augustine says, On the City of God, 14, 17, 20. It is in punishment of sin that the movement of these members does not obey reason, in this sense, that the soul is punished for its rebellion against God, by the insubmission of that member, whereby original sin is transmitted to posterity. But because, as we shall state later on, the effect of the sin of our first parent was that his nature was left to itself, through the withdrawal of the supernatural gift which God had bestowed on man, we must consider the natural cause of this particular member's insubmission to reason. This is stated by Aristotle on the causes of movement of animals, who says that the movements of the heart and of the organs of generation are involuntary, and that the reason of this is as follows. These members are stirred at the occasion of some apprehension, in so far as the intellect and imagination represent such things as arouse the passions of the soul, of which passions these movements are a consequence. But they are not moved at the command of the reason or intellect, because these movements are conditioned by a certain natural change of heat and cold, which change is not subject to the command of reason. This is the case with these two organs in particular, because each is, as it were, a separate animal being, in so far as it is a principle of life, and the principle is virtually the whole. For the heart is the principle of the senses, and from the organ of generation proceeds the seminal virtue, which is virtually the entire animal. Consequently, they have their proper movements naturally, because principles must needs be natural, as stated above. Reply Objection 2 End of Question 17, Part 2